0: Celebrating Our Soul, a New Thought Conference by people of African descent will be August 11th to 14th, 2022 at Unity Village, Missouri. This event will celebrate the contributions people of African descent have made to the New Thought Movement. Join us as we hear from Reverend Dr. Michael Bernard Beckwith, Bishop Yvette Flunder, and Reverend Dr. Sheila McKeithen. Early bird registration is open now through March 15th. Visit padntg.org for more information.
2: with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Ah,
3: Bonjour. So happy to be with you. Coming to you from... North Carolina, where I have been here for just uh, about nine or ten days at the Art of Living Retreat Center, getting ready for the Stop Playing Small Retreat coming up this weekend, and uh, it's been so lovely to be here. I have uh, just completed a week-long training intensive for spiritual couch- counselors, and um it was so excellent, if I do say so myself. Of course, the the quality depends on uh, the group effort, but just powerful group of people, beautiful group of people in service to the light and a celebration of love and so much deep healing and transformation going on and I look forward to sending out an email to everyone and let them know that the, my, uh, the folks who are participating in my spiritual counseling certification program, many of whom just attended the intensive, are available for doing sessions. They have a, a requirement of completing 111 training sessions. And so they'll be offering sessions on a love offering basis. And uh, I look forward to sending out an email announcement about that. So watch your email if you're on my email list. If you're not, one great way to get on my email list is to... Go to JenniferHadley.com and you can either get for free my free How to Get Over It Forgiveness workshop and all the pieces that go with that uh, at JenniferHadley.com or you could sign up for my Spiritual Espresso, my inspirational prayer and blog writing that I do. And so you could sign up for either of those things and that would put you on my mailing list. So, there you go. Also, to let you know, we still do have some discounted tickets for the next A Course in Miracles conference, and also, I'm looking at doing my spiritual counseling training intensive in England and in Thailand later this year. I'm exploring both of those options, and we'll let you know as soon as I know. Meanwhile, I'm really looking forward to the Stop Playing Small retreat this coming weekend. That's going to be wonderful. Also, going to be doing a forgiveness retreat and I think a Living A Course in Miracles retreat here in North Carolina because I like it so much in the fall. So, working on lots of wonderful ways for us to get together and do the deep healing work. That's my focus. And we're going to focus on that right now. As we go right into prayer. So let's take that breath of love and gratitude and place our hand on our heart. So grateful and so thankful to dedicate ourselves to being in service to the light, living the love. So grateful to open our awareness to the fullness of love's presence. As our very life, we partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self for the purpose of remembering our true function, our true identity, our true reality. We're grateful to recognize I am that I am, and I am one with the I am presence of every being everywhere. So grateful to dedicate our time together to our healing, to our expansion, to our clearing. We're dedicating ourselves to this life of love in service to the light. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we allow our healing to be. We let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yes. So uh, what I was guided to for us this week is to talk about our function and fulfilling our function, because that's where our fulfillment comes from, fulfilling our function in this world. And so what I was directed to is Chapter 14, Your Function in the Atonement, is Section 4. So chapter 14 is called Teaching for Truth and uh, section 4 is Your Function in the Atonement. So let's, let's dive deeply into this. It begins with, when you accept a brother's guiltlessness, you will see the atonement in him. For, by proclaiming it in him, you make it yours and you will see what you sought. So, in other words, we we have to be interested in seeing the truth to find the truth. That It is, once again, a case of our willingness brings it forth. Our willingness makes it so. And what I love is that our willingness is within our control. Because for a long time, I don't know if you've ever felt this, but for a long time, many, I mean, I would say 20 years at least, I felt that this spiritual path was such a mystery that I couldn't understand it. So I could read all these books and I could take all these classes and have a bazillion conversations with my spiritual friends about what things meant and what the truth was. But I still felt energetically in my gut that there was a mystery and I was missing out, that I didn't get it, that there was something I wasn't understanding, something I wasn't seeing, something that seemed to be beyond my understanding. Now, I can honestly tell you that the more I focused on the practice of non-judgment, acceptance, yes, but also rather than complaining, rather than judging, rather than energizing my opinions, my perception, my interpretation, to change the channel and focus on what is it I'd like to see, What is it I'm interested in experiencing? Bringing the focus from what I don't want to what I would like. That shifted my energy. It shifted my vibration. And in the process, I began to release the attachment more and more to my judgments and my opinions, to my interpretation, to my meaning that I made of things, to the projection of negativity out into the world. You know, and it's, it's hard to understand for most of us. I will say it's just very challenging for most of us to really comprehend that the world that we see is a projection of our mind. Now, of course, it's a projection of the collective mind. But our particular way of looking at it is going to be based on our belief systems. And our belief systems are our opinions and judgments coagulated from many incarnations. And so we're here to look for the truth in our own awareness. And so we have to be willing to release the attachment to our beliefs and our interpretations. And most of us are taught to, as we're growing up in this world, in this culture, in this world... In, in, you know, it's across many cultures. The strong thought is to fight for your beliefs. Who has ever been taught to relinquish your beliefs? For me, this is such an important distinction that the truth is true and my beliefs are not. I don't believe the truth, I know the truth. And um, I actually had a conversation with someone last year, a family member, and um, uh, it just came up something about reincarnation. And um, uh, so I was just saying what I know to be true, and they said, well, those are your beliefs, And I said, actually, they're not my beliefs. I know them to be true. I said, no disrespect to you or anything like that, but I just, it's not a belief system for me. It's a knowledge of the way the universe operates. And, um, and the way I said it was gentle. You know, at first I tried not to go there because I didn't wish to offend, but I said, if I'm going to be authentic with you, and I love you, so I would like to be authentic with you. I have to tell you that this is not my belief system. It's what I actually know. So um, uh, we know the truth, and the beliefs are something fabricated. So, And that's what's false is unsatisfying. It's unfulfilling. So our function in the atonement, when you accept a brother's guiltlessness, you will see the atonement in him. For by proclaiming the atonement in him, you make it yours and you will see what you sought. You will not see the symbol of your brother's guiltlessness shining within him while you still believe it is not there. So you have to believe it to see it. So you have to know it. I really think that's the thing. You know, Know it. Be willing to know it. His guiltlessness is your atonement. So seeing the guiltlessness in our brothers and sisters is our atonement. And what is the atonement? The atonement is the awareness that there is no separation, there never has been, and there never will be. So in order to to have that knowledge which is so healing it's the ultimate healing of all the fear and the doubt and the worry and the shame and the blame in order to have that healing we have to be willing to know that our brothers and sisters are guiltless so if you just think of anything you're holding against someone a resentment Or even a regret that you hold against yourself. You're preventing yourself from attaining enlightenment. You're preventing yourself from waking up. So would you hold this false torture device, (laughs) this fabricated torture device, more dear than your awakening? This is uh, an important contemplation. Every time you'd rather attack someone, every time you'd rather blame someone for your upset, you're saying you're more interested in that than you are in awakening. You're more interested in that than you are in living a fearless life. You're more interested in shaming them or guilting them or resenting them than you are in prosperity, abundance, wholeness, freedom, all the the spiritual qualities that are your true nature. So next time you feel upset that you're deprived of anything or that someone is depriving you, it's so helpful if you're willing to say, no one can deprive me. No one. Only I can deprive myself. You know, and that's the teaching of A Course of Miracles is that depression is the result of depriving yourself. Depression is the result of depriving yourself. hmm So it, you, you, you're depriving yourself of something you think you want or you need. So when you're laying guilt, a guilt trip on someone, including yourself, you're depriving yourself of your happiness. All right. So your neighbors, your brothers and sisters' guiltlessness is your atonement. It's your freedom. It's your release. Grant the guiltlessness to your brother and sister And you will see the truth of what you have acknowledged. Yet truth is offered first to be received, even as God gave it first to his Son. The first in time means nothing, but the first in eternity is God the Father, who is both first and one. Beyond the first there is no other, for there is no order, no second or third and nothing but the first. I love this. You who belong to the first cause, created by God, like unto himself and part of him, are more than merely guiltless. The state of guiltlessness is only the condition in which what is not there has been removed from the disordered mind that thought it was. The state of guiltlessness is only the condition in which what is not there has been removed from the disordered mind that thought it was. So it's our willingness to release, surrender, dissolve and resolve all belief in guilt, which is a belief in shame and resentment, all of that. Our willingness to let it go and have no attack thoughts. That's our salvation right there. So we practice it with our brothers and sisters, and so that's why they are our salvation. Yes. So, this state of guiltlessness, and only this, must you attain with God beside you. For until you do, you will still think that you are separate from God. You can perhaps feel God's presence next to you, but cannot know that you are one with God. This cannot be taught. Learning applies only to the condition in which it happens of itself. Yes. So, learning applies only to the condition in which it happens of itself. So, it's the remembrance of the truth that sets us free. And I think about uh, one of the first episodes of this broadcast back in 2011, I had as a guest Ken Wapnick. And one of the questions I asked Ken was something like, How do you explain the oneness to people so that they can understand it? And he said, Oh, Jennifer. You can't understand the oneness. You just have to accept it. And uh, I think that's helpful for a lot of people because a lot of people ask me, how do I understand the oneness? How do I feel the oneness? How do I get it? How, how, how? And it's really the allow. And it's only possible through the willingness, the true willingness to recognize that our brothers and sisters are not separate from us. They are one with us. And that we share the same mind. I love this part where it says, You who belong to the first cause, created by God, like unto God itself, and part of God, are more than merely guiltless. So, we're part of God, not separate from God. And so, there's, I just love, there's no other There is no other. There's just the one. And so if you can just think of, we. sometimes it's helpful to use the drops of water in the ocean. So if you think of, the ocean is made up of drops of water, but you can't have an ocean unless all the drops of water are one. And they are one. And... You, you you once the water is gathered together you don't see the separate drops and so we've got one mind and in the one mind there is no separation it's not possible to see separation just like in the ocean you can't see the separate drops so and this is our function to remember this this is our function so we're going to go deeper into that uh, after our break It's time for us to take that break. And I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk, right here on Unity Online Radio. And I'll be right back.
4: All on the journey together, making sense of this life, finding our spirituality, growing and evolving. As we travel through this world, Unity Magazine is your resource for gaining a deeper understanding of life. Unity Magazine is on the forefront of spiritual discovery with articles and features from leading authors, teachers, and philosophers. Stimulate your thinking and strengthen your spirituality with Unity Magazine. Sample a free trial issue or subscribe today at unitymagazine.org.
5: There is peace. There is
3: quiet.
5: Reverend Paulette's mantra is, It's all a prayer. the voice of an awakening world.
1: Letting go
4: in the stillness.
2: Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk.
3: Welcome back. Thank you for joining me. We're finding our function, fulfilling our function. What was that thing, Function Junction from Sesame Street? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, it says, we're in, uh, rather, your function in the atonement, which is section 4 of chapter 14. And it says, when you have let all that obscured the truth in your holy mind be undone for you, and therefore stand in grace before your Father, God will give himself to you as God has always done. I love that. When you have let... All that obscured the truth in your most holy mind be undone for you. Think of that. That's all you have to do. You have to just allow the the obscurations in your mind be undone for you. Now, I, I don't know about you, but that is exciting to me. That says I can give the heavy lifting to the Holy Spirit. I really can. It's. When you have let, so we have to just allow, which is the willingness. I know I talk about this a lot, and and maybe people are like, oh, there she is with the willingness again. But it is so critical to just be willing. I know that when I have attack thoughts, I have no willingness. Right now in that moment, there's no willingness. I'm clinging to my attack thoughts. There's an attachment to the attack thoughts. There's no willingness. So this is why for me, the lion's share of my work personally is just to constantly be in cultivating the willingness because I love the idea that it would all be undone for me. Because, quite honestly, the thought of having to figure out how to undo my egoic attachments, that feels burdensome. Remember I was saying before about how it used to feel like such a mystery to me? Like, how is this ever going to happen? Where's the key that unlocks the door? The key that unlocks the door is your willingness. Your willingness to let your interpretation of things go. To say, you know, this is how I felt at the time. This is what I thought about it. But I don't have to cling to those thoughts. I can make an offering of them. I could say, you know what? I'd rather think thoughts that make me happy. There's willingness right there. I'd rather be happy. I'd rather think the thoughts that make me happy. Right now, all I'm focused on is the thoughts that make me unhappy. So I'm just going to say... Holy Spirit, God, angels, company of heaven, ancestors, everybody who's out there (laughs) in the invisible world, I'd like the maximum level of support, the maximum level of healing and peeling off these layers of dark thoughts that are really not part of my true identity. I'm interested in shedding everything that's false. Everything that I've made up, all my interpretations, all the meaning that I've given to it, I don't need that anymore. I'm willing to surrender my attachment to it. And then the minute you feel irked or frustrated or irritated or sad or depressed, guilty or ashamed, oh, apparently I picked that ball right back up again. It's a heavy ball, it's a sticky ball, it's the stinky ball, I'm giving it back again. Don't need that anymore. So it says here giving himself is all God knows, and so it is all knowledge. Knowledge being different than belief. For what God knows not cannot be. For what God knows not, cannot be, and therefore cannot be given. Ask not to be forgiven, for this has already been accomplished. Ask rather to learn how to forgive and to restore what was always, excuse me, what always was to your unforgiving mind. Ask to learn how to forgive and To restore what always was to your unforgiving mind. So what would that look like? Holy Spirit, show me how to forgive and how to restore my mind. I'm willing to restore. I'm willing to forgive. Show me how. Show me now. Right there. Simple, very simple prayer right there. It says, atonement becomes real and visible to those who use it. And you know, this is what I see in my Finding Freedom class, in my Masterful Living class. In those classes, because of the community and because of the step-by-step process that people engage in, they become very willing. And day by day, they're practicing their willingness with each other and they're Experiencing the benefits of it. So it's that willingness to forgive, to release the judgment, to drop the meaning we've made of it. On earth, this is your only function. And you must learn that it is all you want to learn. Yes. So (laughs) you will feel guilty till you learn this. For in the end, whatever form it takes, your guilt arises from your failure to fulfill your function in God's mind with all of yours. Can you escape this guilt by failing to fulfill your function here? No. So we fulfill our function by disconnecting from, surrendering, releasing the attachment. So when we disconnect from the attachment, it's, how do you do that? Let's just take a practical example of how you do that. So let's say the attachment is to thinking that a political candidate is dangerous or scary, right? Right now we've got the uh, whole election process unfolding and so many people are telling me how upsetting it is for them. So uh, what I know is, It's always the meaning that we make of it. It's always about the meaning we make of it. So, for instance, you can fulfill your function very well during this election process by using the whole election campaign to help you fulfill your function. So your function is to have no judgment. How do you have no judgment? You release the judgments that you do have. You surrender them, and you don't have any new ones. If you don't judge something, then there's nothing to forgive. No forgiveness is needed. Forgiveness is the release of the meaning you've made of it. Forgiveness is the release of the judgment. So if you are looking at a candidate for the president or for office and thinking they're a moron, they're an idiot, they're scary, they're whatever you don't like, You're labeling them. Remember, you are one with them. And they wouldn't bother you unless somehow, some way, you were being triggered by them because of your beliefs, because of your opinions. You're being triggered by them because they're giving you an opportunity to look At where you're holding things in your mind that are not true. That's the only reason we ever get triggered is because we're intent on energizing some belief that's not true. So, for instance, the last presidential election, uh, right in the week prior to the election, I had two students in class with me, contacting me, they're both in the same class, they have the same values, both Course in Miracles students, and they're contacting me because they're terrified about the potential outcome of the election. So one student is terrified that Obama might not win, and if he doesn't win, it will be bad, 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 bad. Now, that's just an opinion. That's just a judgment. All things work together for our good, even though we don't understand it. And even it doesn't even make any sense when the presidential candidate could be someone we don't like. How could somebody we don't like being elected president be for my good? I don't know how that could be. Right. I don't know how it could be, but I'm willing to see. If it happens, I'm willing to see must be for my good if it happens, if it actually takes place. And so uh, I had another student contacting me, terrified that if Obama did win, it would be terrible for the children of America and the future for the children of America. Two students in the same class with the same value system, believing that the same outcome, one is thinking it's wonderful, and the other one is thinking it's a nightmare. So, you see, perception is projection. It really is. And so, whenever we're upset, it's because we're believing something that's not actually true. And our function in this world is to get to the truth, to value the truth. So, and we can get there. And that we can... Not only get there, but we can get there without having to labor intensely because the Holy Spirit will do the heavy lifting if we're genuinely willing. So the thing is for you to just be, and this has been my practice, for me to be highly aware when I'm not willing. Like, oh boy, that opinion, that judgment is so much more valuable to me than my liberation. Huh. Huh. Isn't that interesting? Well, I can offer that up right now. I can change my mind right now. And one of the things I can do too is if I have been judgmental towards someone, I can go back and I can apologize. I can make amends. You know, making amends is really helpful in releasing guilt and shame and blame. It's really helpful. Now in paragraph 4 of the section 4 chapter 14 this is this my page 279 it says you need not understand creation to do what must be done before that knowledge would be meaningful to you so this knowledge of god that we are opening our awareness to recognize is always there for us. And you need not understand creation to do what must be done before that knowledge would be meaningful to you. So, we don't have to understand with the intellect how God works in order to have healing, in order to have expansion, in order to truly shift and change. And I love that about God. I am so grateful because God is our true nature. We don't have to understand it with the intellect. We have to only be willing to know it in our heart. It says, God breaks no barriers. Neither did God make them. When you release the barriers, they are gone. Isn't that wonderful? So there are no obstacles to your success. There are no obstacles to your abundance. There are no obstacles to your health. There are no obstacles to your wholeness. There are no obstacles to your happy relationship. God breaks no barriers. Neither did God make them. When you release them, they are gone. So the barriers aren't real. They're ideas you have in your mind you're holding in your heart and projecting out into the world. So all we have to do is release them. It's uh, We don't have to seek for love. We seek only to release the barriers in our own heart and mind to love. And then love will flow. And I love this next part. God will not fail nor has ever in anything. God will not fail. This is what I say all the time. The light of God cannot fail, and that is what we are. We are the light of God. It's just like you may have heard me say, we are light beings, and it's so valuable to think of ourselves as light beings, because light beings are, we can appear to take form, but we are not form. I am not a body. And We can appear to shine our light through filters, through thoughts, through beliefs, through things that seem to obscure the beauty of our light, the magnificence of our light, the perfection of our light. It can seem to be obscured. But the fact is, the facts are, that the light of God cannot be dirtied or sullied. It can can be blocked. It can be filtered. So you can put a, a barrel or a bushel over your light so that the light is obscured, but you can't hurt the light. You can't damage the light. And so no matter how hurt or damaged you might feel, ain't so. Ain't so. It ain't so. It's just never going to be so. You can believe it and then you will experience it, but that doesn't make it real. So, God will not fail nor ever has in anything. Decide that God is right and you are wrong about yourself. God created you out of himself, but still within God. God knows what you are. Remember that there is no second to God. So you're not a second to God. You're one with God. God is the first, and so are you. Some people say God has no children. Or God has no grandchildren. (laughs) But God is God. Yes. Love to just rest in deciding that God is right and I am wrong about myself. So this brings me to that beautiful prayer on page 90 that we look at all the time. So, if you're feeling badly about yourself, you can remember, God is right and you are wrong about yourself. And then you can jump to the prayer on page 90 to the end of chapter 5. I must have decided wrongly because I'm not at peace. So, if I'm not at peace, I must have decided wrongly. And then I made the decision myself But I can also decide otherwise. So whatever decision you've made that now you're feeling wrongly, because you have the power to make a decision, you can make another decision. You can make a new decision and choose something new. I want to decide otherwise because I want to be at peace. So that's the affirmation of what it is you desire to be at peace. I do not feel guilty because the Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision if I will let him. And I choose to let him by allowing him to decide for God, for me. So this decision factor is so important. So important. Many people downplay it. You know, I was just doing my free class, The Seven Simple Steps. Interrupting the patterns of fear, which I think you can still get for free on my website, jenniferhadley.com. Simple steps for interrupting the habits of fear on the events page. And I was saying in there, it's so important to make the decision, to make the decision for God. To make the decision not to labor in vain anymore. To make the decision to be willing. To make the decision that if I'm upset, I must not be seeing things correctly. Decide that God is right and you are wrong about yourself. He created you out of himself, but still within him. God knows what you are. Remember that there is no second to God. There cannot, therefore, be anyone without God's holiness nor unworthy of God's perfect love. So this is one of the main things that we deal with, this feeling unworthy of God's perfect love. We feel we're imperfect, so we don't deserve God's perfect love. But to say that we don't deserve God's love is to say that, it's like saying you're not worthy of, of being yourself who isn't worthy of being themselves, of course we are because we're one with God we're worthy of God's love because hello (laughs) we are God's love how can you not be worthy of what you are that's the thing is, we think that we earn things and then we have that You know, like you, you know, I I went to school to become a reverend. Well, that's not why I went to school, but um, I I went to school to have mystical expansion and healing, which unfortunately I did not have in school, but um, that was my purpose in going to ministerial school, and then when I didn't get it from ministerial school, I found it on my own, which was fine, and um, we... So God knows what you are. remember that there is no second to God. there cannot therefore be anyone without God's holiness, nor unworthy of God's perfect love. Fail not in your function of loving in a loveless place made out of darkness and deceit. for those excuse me, for thus are darkness and deceit undone. So here's our function of being loving in a loveless place made out of darkness and deceit. So when it comes to the election, and it seems like the election is uh, focused on negativity, be the loving presence. Be the loving presence. See the highest and best unfolding for everyone. That might be a terrific challenge, but... It's the challenge that grows our skills. It's the challenge that builds that spiritual muscle. Fail not in your function of loving in a loveless place made out of darkness and deceit, for thus are darkness and deceit undone. Fail not yourself, but instead offer to God and you his blameless son. So making the offering to yourself and to God of your prayers, of your willingness, of your love. For this small gift of appreciation for God's love, God will himself exchange your gift for his. So it's an offering practice. I almost... uh, Come back to this, I do come back to it again and again and again, that it's an offering practice. So we're making all kinds of offerings. Offerings of appreciation, offerings of kindness, offerings of gentleness, offerings of truth, offerings of freedom. And these are, the offerings are the choices that we make on a moment by moment, day by day basis. And at first, when we're identified with ego and we're playing small, the idea of living this way seems irksome. It seems difficult. It seems strenuous. It seems challenging. It seems undesirable. But the more that we follow along on this path, the more willingness we have, the more we can see that the willingness is so healing That this is our objective and this is what we're truly going for. So before you make any decisions for yourself, it says, remember that you've decided against your function in heaven and then consider carefully whether you want to make decisions here. Your function here is only to decide against deciding what you want. In recognition that you do not know. So this is one of the themes of A Course of Miracles that Jesus says is, You do not know what you want. You don't know what will make you happy. You just do not know. And since you don't know what will make you happy, why labor in vain trying to find happiness? True happiness, lasting happiness... The only real happiness comes from fulfilling your function, which is to surrender all judgment and to see the wholeness, the perfection, and the beauty in everything. And because fulfilling our function of seeing clearly is so challenging for us, we can give all the heavy lifting to the Holy Spirit. You know, in so we're looking at chapter 14, section 4 here. But if you look at Section 3, it's got one of the most helpful teachings in the whole book, which is um, to, and I'm going to jump to that now, it's paragraph, uh, actually I'm going to start with, so paragraph 16, so Chapter 14, Section 3, which is entitled, The Decision for Guiltlessness, It says, say to the Holy Spirit, only decide for me, and it is done. Say to the Holy Spirit, decide for me, and it is done. That is pretty easy. So you just have to be willing to let your Spirit, your higher Holy Spirit self, do that heavy lifting. Whenever it says now, now section 3, chapter 14, paragraph 9, whenever you choose to make decisions for yourself, you are thinking destructively, and the decision will be wrong. It will hurt you because of the concept of decision that led to it. It is not true that you can make decisions by yourself or for yourself alone. No thought of God's Son can be separate or isolated in its effects. Every decision is made for the whole Sonship, directed in and out, influencing a constellation larger than anything you ever dreamed of. Yes. Yes. And in paragraph 8 of section 3, it says, Teach no one he has hurt you. For if you do, you teach yourself that what is not of God has power over you. Okay? So when we are attacking someone, making them feel bad, making them feel guilty, when we are in that point of view, we are giving away our power. That's why we feel powerless. And yet, isn't it interesting that the ego can make us feel so powerful for a nanosecond That because we have the power to attack people. We have the power to belittle them and make them feel small. But that's all part of the illusion because in truth, you can't make anyone feel small. You know, like, you could attack me, and that doesn't mean I would agree with you or think it made sense and feel small afterwards. We can only feel small if we're in agreement, if we're giving our power away. We can only feel ashamed if we're in agreement and we're giving our power away. We can only feel stupid if we're ashamed, if we're feeling powerless, if we're giving our power away. Because no matter what someone says or does to us, they can't make us feel anything that we are not agreeing to. Now, going back to Section 4, our function. When you have learned how to decide with God, all decisions become as easy and as right as breathing. There's no effort. And you will be led as gently as if you were being carried down a quiet path in the summer. Only your own volition seems to make deciding hard. The Holy Spirit will not delay in answering your every question what to do. He knows, and He will tell you and then do it for you. You who are tired will find this is more restful than sleep. For you can bring your guilt into sleeping, but not into this. Okay, so this is our work. This is how we're fulfilling our function, is to let the Holy Spirit do the heavy lifting, to cultivate our willingness. And to know, to stand in the knowing that the Holy Spirit will respond to us. God is always responding to to us because God is what we are. So we're stepping into this place of great, great willingness. And we're fulfilling our function. Well. It's time for me to wrap it up here. Just a reminder, you could still join us this week at the Stop Playing Small Retreat. If you missed my spiritual counseling intensive, but you're interested in my certification program, you can join that now and come to the next intensive. I believe I will be having one or two intensives later this year. I will keep you informed of that. And uh, right now, my Building Trust and Faith class is on on like Donkey Kong, and um, we're having a great time in it. So let's pray. I invite you to take your hand and place it on your heart. Let's be wholeheartedly willing to give right here and now. We are wholeheartedly willing to give the Holy Spirit the heavy lifting of every judgment, every opinion, every perception, and every projection. We're willing to allow ourselves to be restored So grateful and so thankful to claim our healing and to know that in the mind of the infinite, it is done and accomplished. We are grateful and thankful to accept and to allow it. We're consciously choosing to share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let the healing be. We know it's done, and so it is. Beloved, I am. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you. Have a great rest of your week.
2: Thank you for tuning in to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Reverend Jennifer Hadley. Join us every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Central for more tools and insights into how to express your beliefs from moment to moment, every day, in every way. A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by JenniferHadley.com, a global resource providing tools, insight, and support for those seeking to live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Online at www.JenniferHadley.com. While there, we invite you to visit Jennifer's blog where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have become Jennifer's prayer partners through her daily power prayer. Like them, you can enjoy this extra support as you come to walk your talk and live A Course in Miracles every day in every way.
4: and we think we love someone. We're actually loving what we think the other person may be able to give us. Love at its highest level demands nothing in return. Love is much more than an emotion. It is an inner quality that sees good everywhere and in everybody. It insists that all is good, and by refusing to see anything but good, it tends to cause that quality to appear uppermost in itself and in other things. Ask yourself, What kind of love am I radiating? Do I love with no concern about what I'll receive in return? Make the choice to love unconditionally, purely for the sake of loving. You'll become a healing, harmonizing influence on everyone and everything in your world. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org.
0: Celebrating Our Soul, a New Thought Conference by people of African descent will be August 11th to 14th, 2022 at Unity Village, Missouri. This event will celebrate the contributions people of African descent have made to the New Thought Movement. Join us as we hear from Reverend Dr. Michael Bernard Beckwith, Bishop Yvette Flunder, and Reverend Dr. Sheila McKeithen. Early bird registration is open now through March 15th. Visit padntg.org for more information.